Welcome to the Spice Girls Podcast. I'm Jill. And I'm Jessie. And today we're talking about food and mental health. Which is a very important topic. And I think that it's important that we state right off the bat, right up front, that there's no way that we're going to cover all of this in one episode. Um, I think that there's going to be a couple of episodes in the future where we circle back to it. Because... There are so many ways, I think, that we're going to be able to get into how food and the things that we eat and the way that we eat is connected to our mental health. Definitely. And I think, like, especially for both of us, um, this is such a big part of both of our lives um, that there's no way that we're going to be able to cover everything. No, yeah. I... uh when I was looking over like the notes that I had for, uh, for this episode and I was just like, man, I don't know if we're going to get all this into an hour, but I have a very strong feeling that there's going to be multiple episodes that we do about this. Of course. And then the other thing too, is like when we talk about food and mental health, um, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum of what that means for us. Yeah. So there's a lot like in between that, that we're really passionate about. So but I'm excited for this first episode. Yeah, me on, too. On mental health, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that, like you said, like this is very important for both of us because we both suffer from various um, mental disorders and mental illnesses um, that we're both very open about. Um, you know, for me, I have anxiety and panic disorder. I have some PTSD and some depression. And, you know, it's like a, it's like a really good soup that nobody wants to eat. <laughs> Um, luckily our friendship is based off of that soup that we both had (laughs) I mean same thing here anxiety like general and then very specific anxiety as well um severe depression uh OCD um social anxiety is a big thing for me so I totally get it yeah and I think that um it's it's definitely something because it impacts every day of my life um, and I have to eat food every day of my life. These are two things that are much more intertwined than a lot of people realize. You know, there's, there's never a day I wake up and I'm like, I am cured of anxiety today. Oh, I mean, never. That would and be like, super awesome. But it is never going to happen. Like, not only that, too, like, they're so intertwined together, but, like, having that anxiety or, you know, going through depression that day or whatever roller coaster ride that we're on, um, like, forgetting to eat. A lot of people ask me, how do you forget that you need to eat food to live? Right. And I'm like, it just, you're not, you don't have the mental capacity to think about it, so you forget about it, right? Yeah, and I think that... um that's definitely something that people don't really think about. Like I have said that like, Oh, I didn't eat today. Like I just forgot to eat and people will look at me like I have 87 heads. Yeah. Three espressos is not food. Yeah. I don't recently too. um, I was at the firehouse, I think for something. And I said like, Oh, um, I'm basically just on a diet of caffeine and nicotine today. Like, I had my vape pen in my mouth the entire day and a cup of coffee in my hand the entire day. And I did not stop to eat a single piece of food. I'm like, going to have to, like, not one. come to your house and, like, put a lock on your coffee cabinet. I'm going to have to lock it up. It's so bad. It's terrible. It really um, is. And, like, also, um, this 7-Eleven by my job. Uh, well, most 7-Elevens now, but the ones in the city definitely have um, these new coffee machines that grind the beans and make you a fresh cup of coffee. It's super fancy, but it's $2 for a cup of coffee. So That's crazy. So I'm I get this like. so excited too that you have a 7-Eleven and I have a 7-Eleven <laughs> because normally. We don't have the same things, I know. We don't have the same things, yeah. But it's like, it's such like a, it's a, such a convenience thing, but also it's so dangerous because I'm like, 
I could spend $10 on coffee in a day and that's nothing. Right. And if I spend $10 at Starbucks, it's two cups of coffee. But if I spend $10 at 7-Eleven, it's five cups of coffee. So the lesson here is spend that money on Starbucks so you're not drinking as much coffee. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the lesson is here. But the the Mm -hmm. point is, is that I, when my anxiety is very bad, I allow myself to just fuel on things that are horrible for it. Like, which is crazy because yeah, it makes it so much worse. It makes it so much worse. Caffeine and nicotine are two of the worst possible things that you can have when you're anxious. And yeah. I, I, I'm not even joking. I will have a cup of coffee in my hand and a vape pen in my hand every second of the day if I'm having bad anxiety. And it's like, I know. I will tell myself, like, you need to stop. Like, go get a salad. Go for a walk. Put this down. And I just can't do it. It's like, I am my own worst enemy. And that's what I mean, like, when I talk about how we're on opposite ends of the spectrum um, of, like, how our food and our mental health impact each other, you very much fuel off of what's going to make it worse for you, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, it's so Um, I had to laugh there for a second because it's it's, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's true. Like, I am a grown woman. Yeah, who cannot like, who cannot be responsible about my own choices? It's when, so funny because you're like, stop, and I don't want to feel like this. But yeah, <laughs> you're like, let's 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 throw make it some worse. more fuel on that fire. Let's make yeah. it worse. It's so whereas bad. from my end, I don't actually drink a lot of caffeine if any at all um lately it's been like I've had a cup of coffee here and there um iced coffee has been pretty bad for me lately but like the pop that I drink the coffee is usually always decaf what what is a pop um we're not gonna get into this right now but (laughs) for the benefit of moving forward and not making everybody suffer through our <laughs> battle of what this is, a soda. Yes. Um, like, I just, I don't drink anything that has caffeine, which is also bad for me, because when I have the smallest amount of caffeine, I literally, like, you can tell, because I'm just jittering. I'm, like, shaking, and I'm, it's an awful experience. Awful. Yeah, and I think that there have been times where you're, like, I drank a coffee today and then you'll like power text me things that make no sense at all. Yeah. I could just and then you, brain. So you'll start with like, I had a coffee and you'll end with, I had coffee. <laughs> it's like, and in between is just like a random, like every thought that came into your brain for the last 10 minutes. And it, which is crazy <laughs> because in that 10 minutes, literally a million things were happening i it's like my brain goes into like turbo mode and i get jittery and i get shaky and then i start thinking about all of the things that make no sense they don't coincide together they don't it could be like you know for the spiced girls we're gonna do this and then be like wow there's a cow on the side of the road and then it'll be like for dinner I'm gonna make this and be like wow I really like the shirt I'm wearing today very random yeah no it definitely is um yeah I I've I've definitely seen that with you with the caffeine and for me I'm like five cups of coffee and before I can even can feel it at this point I've been drinking coffee for so long it's like so bad I'm lucky whereas like my point of view of food and mental health for me is I always say um I eat for my mental health um so if I have like an iced coffee that's not decaffeinated um I I'll start to drink it and I can feel it and I'm able to shut that off and be like no I need to slide this away I'm done with it no more caffeine for me today because I can feel it. Yeah. Um, 
at work too like we had a girl who worked with us and and she had mentioned it she's like you're, you're always eating vegetables you're always drinking so much water like do you eat anything that's shitty and I'm like of course everybody eats like crap I eat like yeah, crap all the time but I know when to do it and I know kind of how to do it too like I know that I need to eat these veggies. I know that I need to have decaffeinated um, coffee. I know that I have to drink all this water because if I don't, my brain is going to be all over the place. It's going to be just a mess. I am going to like twitch. I twitch when my anxiety is really bad. Um, So I eat for my mental health. That's just kind of the motto I go with so I can really hone in and focus on what is actually good for me to eat versus what I think that's I think that's really important for me I feel like and I don't want to sound like my mental health completely controls me because it doesn't I do a lot of work I you know I go to therapy yeah. and everything like it's not that but I feel like I will give in a bit more like my mental health will impact what I eat um more than the other way around like for you you make these conscious decisions and I try to but I live a very fast-paced life and a lot of times I'm just like I just don't have the time or the energy to put in for for that and I I do I eat healthy most of the time and because I like to cook and because I like to know where my food is coming from, I do have the benefit of the fact that most of the meals I make are healthy. Of you course, know? yeah. Right. My, I know where my vegetables are sourced from. I know where my meat came from. So those are big factors. Um, but that being said, like, you know, like I said before, if I'm super anxious, I will just forget to eat and live off of coffee. And it's so unhealthy. Or... If I am depressed, I will order fast food or like some unhealthy comfort food just because food is like a blanket almost for me. And I know that it's like that for a lot of people where Mm -hmm. um, when our mental health is not in a good place, food becomes like a comfort outlet that we go to. So, you know what, like I had a really bad day at work and I'm going to have mac and cheese for dinner, even though I had planned on making something much healthier. Now I'm like depressed or anxious or stressed out or even just a minor version of those things. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I want that comforting thing that's going to make me feel like love from the inside. Which yeah, for sure. So ridiculous. And I'm laughing. But it's it's just one of those things like there are certain foods that we associate with comfort. And like for me, like, listen, pastina is a huge one. And I know this is an Italian thing, but like pastina is such a comfort food. And it's basically just like tiny stars of pasta in broth with like cheese. Mm. It's so unhealthy, but it's so good. And it's such a, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? It's like a nostalgic, comforting thing for me that like when I was younger and I was sick or I didn't feel good or I had a bad day, this is something that my mom made for me. Yeah. So it's like such a thing. Like it's just such a thing for me that now I, I had that kind of day. And that's what I want because it's a, a little bit of recapturing that that feeling of like, oh, somebody loves me and made me something warm and delicious. <laughs> no, I totally get that. And you like, know, I, I don't. And so I had this conversation once with um, my ex-husband when I was, you know, early in our marriage when I was trying to explain certain signs and triggers or whatever, kind of to help him. And um I remember saying like, I don't want, there are like two times in my life that I want fast food 
and it's when I'm drunk and when I'm depressed. That's it. Like that makes sense. I now don't get me wrong. Like if you showed up at my house and you were like, "Oh, I brought you McDonald's," I'm not going to be rude and be like, "Get out." Um, I'm going to eat it. But if I'm genuinely like craving that, it's either because I've been drinking, because something about drinking just it triggers your body's desire for more sugar and disgusting food, and or I am just not in a good place mentally and I want I want that very unhealthy thing. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't get like the drinking thing because I I don't drink like at all. Um so I've never had that experience where I've been like I need better than us? food right now. No, not it has nothing to do I'm with kidding. that. It's, uh- it's I know. It's um why I don't drink is because I don't feel this goes back to my anxiety as well right um I don't like feel hazy mm-hmm. um I very much have very bad anxiety when um I feel like I'm like lightheaded or I feel like I'm on a cloud or I feel like I'm not grounded and like don't have control over um my body in like a strict way I'm very um I don't want to say uptight because uptight's the wrong word. You're a Virgo. But yeah, I just, I need to not, I need to feel very grounded. Yeah. And my anxiety is like through the roof when I do have a drink. And so I just don't, I haven't drank for a very long time. Um, and when I did, it was a drink here and there. Yeah. But Again, it's for my mental health. I just, I can't do it. Um, so I've never had that feeling. But right. I totally get where that would come from, um, like, science-wise. Scientifically, like, that is just what your body craves, right? Yeah. And, I mean, realistically, what you're saying is correct. Alcohol is not something that's good for your mental health by any means. And, you know, most most mental health professionals like I've had therapists say this over and over again not that I have a drinking problem but they'll tell you that like people who are addicted to something it's usually a way of treating an untreated mental illness so of course yeah and we're not talking about you know like going out casually with your friends like I'll go out drinking once in a while I'm not when I was in my early 20s and did not take care of my mental health, I absolutely drank way more than I should have. And I remember like waking up the next day and being like, what did I say? Who did I talk to? Did I make out with a stranger? Like, I just, <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but like there are all these things that go through your head and it would give me anxiety just thinking about it because I would be like, I don't even know fully what happened last night. And that is so stressful. And it would make me like hibernate for two days because I'd be like scared to talk to somebody and have them tell me that I did something awful. Yeah. You know, know, and like that definitely plays into anxiety and like, and it plays into the fact that like, I obviously was not, I was not seeing a therapist. I was not taking care of my mental health. I was being like a 21 year old asshole basically um where now I'm like if I go out I don't go out that often and I very rarely do I get like drunk like I'll have some drinks with friends um Mm -hmm. and if I get drunk it's not the same kind of drunk that it was when I was younger it's like oh it's like oh okay I feel pretty good uh I'm gonna go home now and I think that that's, you know, that does tie into mental health because now I'm at a different point in my life where I'm not drinking to like mask something. I'm, of course. I'm just drinking because it's like, this is the social activity that we're doing at the time. Um, exactly. And I think with that, like when you're younger, you're going out to party and to have a good time and to do all of that. Right. And as we get older, like when we go out, whether we drink or not, we're going out 
as a social call. Like you're having fun and you're laughing with your friends at this table. Like I'm that person that asks for, I love the science behind cocktails. Okay. Um, If you come to my house and you do drink, I make you like all these crazy cocktails that I don't drink. (laughs) I make a mocktail version of it. But I love like the science behind it and I love how they look and like how you can put flavors together but I'm totally that person that goes out and is like hey what do you have for mocktails can I get what oh my god right like I am I 100% am that person um because I just like the idea of sitting down at a table with friends and laughing and drinking and eating is amazing but right but the feeling of drinking, drinking is yeah. yeah it's just yeah. not there for you and that's fine no. I think that that's yeah. like you know there's a lot of pressure on people to drink too and I'm like it's not for everybody it's just not no not at all you know not I everybody think... can handle it no so for me um again just drinking is not there right and I think that that's there are things that both help and hurt our mental health and that's like I think that the drinking drinking like a lot of things it just there are so many things that you know science tells us like this is good this is not good but then there's also things that like we know this doesn't work for me or this does work for me or every time I eat this specific thing I feel this way Um, and I think that that's a big, like, that's a big part of eating and mental health is that, you know, obviously there are things that your doctor is going to tell you, like, you know, um, you should tie these things into your, into your diet. Um, but then there are also times where you're like, I ate meat. And it made me feel horrible. Oh yeah, meat's a big one. I well, and I know sure. that for you, like, because for me, it's not like for me because I have mental health issues, but I also have, um, like iron issues. So for me, it's like me the op- for me, it's the opposite. I eat red meat, and I'm like, I feel like a human being again. Um, yeah, and I probably should eat um more red meat because I'm anemic. Right. So, yeah. Me too. And being being anemic that affects your mental health like a lot um as well yeah so like I wish I could just be like I'm gonna have this massive steak today (laughs) um eating in general like yeah I'll have that steak but eating in general for me I lose my appetite very quickly um I can, there's a lot of the times where I can have a bite or two of food and I'm like, I'm done. And I, and I feel physically ill if I eat more, right? It is, it's horrible. Yeah. And I think that's where we differ because I, I will stress eat. Um, Yeah. Like I will stress eat to the extreme. So not to the extreme. I shouldn't say it like that. Like I'm not, I know there are people who have like actual like stress eating disorders I don't necessarily have that, but I am having like a bad day. I'm super stressed out. Um, I will eat. Like, I'll be like, oh, I want to eat French fries. Like the stuff I want to eat is never good. It's never like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, a roasted sweet potato. It's like, (laughs) I want to eat something that's horrible for me. And, and I, or I will pick at things all day long. Like, that's the other thing that I'll do a lot of is pick at foods all day long. And I try to, um, for that reason, I try to have, like, healthy-ish snacks with me at work Mm -hmm. um, or just in general, like, around the house. Because if I don't have, like, if I have Oreos in front of me, I'm going to eat the Oreos because I'm a human and Oreos are delicious. But if I don't have them and I'm like, oh, but there's celery sticks and hummus. So I'm still going to pick eat, but I'm picking at something that's not super unhealthy. Definitely. 
and I I wish that I was wired that way because me like it sucks because instead of being like you know what I'm gonna pick at something or I'm gonna eat something my first thought is I'm gonna lay down and then I don't eat at all so which is horrible I um I think that I've been there like if if I'm going like through something very bad or if um if the thing that's acting up for me is my panic disorder that's really bad it's not that I won't eat, but I cannot hold food down. So yeah, I get that. Um, and like that is actually how I ended up diagnosed with panic disorder was because I, I said it to um, to my therapist. I was like, I, I would just like wake up in the morning and vomit. Like I couldn't hold food down. It was so bad. And um, so she sent me, obviously she sent me for tests and stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, you have um, panic disorder. Like, it's not even just anxiety anymore. Like, you have the most extreme version of it. Um, and that's one of the things that goes with that. Because it's not that I wasn't hungry or I didn't want to eat. After a while, I was just like, I'm not eating because I cannot hold food down. And yeah. the thought, like, there is, like, nothing I hate more than throw up. That feeling, like, is an anxiety itself. Or, yeah. Right. I'm not talking about <clears throat> um, the feel- it's an the anxiety feeling, yes. in itself. Yes. But like you know that you can feel it and it's just it's a it's an unpleasant experience before right. it's about to happen. And like I get where you you're you're telling yourself like I just don't want that to happen, so I'm just not gonna eat in general. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. This is it's like um it's like food poisoning. Have you ever gotten really bad food poisoning from something yeah. oh. from something so run of the mill, and then you can't eat it for like ten years? Um, that that is kind of what it became. Like before I was fully diagnosed, like it became that like food poisoning thing. Except it was everything that I was eating. Everything that yeah. I was eating made me so sick that I could not eat. Like I just my brain decided. That's it. We're not eating because everything we eat makes us sick. And that's the only time that I really experienced that kind of like inability to eat. Because usually, like I said, usually I am a stress eater and I hate it because it's, it's so hard to constantly make healthy choices when you're a stress eater. Um, there's, and it's funny that you say that because there's pros and cons. Like sometimes I'm like, I wish that... I was wired to be able to actually eat something when I'm stressed out versus not, right? Yeah. Like, I get where it's not a good thing, but I also get, like, you know, if it's gonna at least put food in your body. Right. Um, then then I, I would go for it to an extreme. But, um, like, do you find, do you know... Like, is there anything that you can stress eat that helps that situation for you? Like, do you know of anything? No. No? Yeah. No. Because I have, when I was, like, doing research for this, because obviously I've heard all of the the things that you're supposed to eat, right? Like, a hundred yeah. times. A hundred times over. Doctors, nutritionists, therapists, my mother everybody tells you these are the things that you should be eating right yeah and um like basically it comes down to like your like lean proteins like chicken fish meat eggs whatever fatty acids Mm -hmm. um and complex carbs and I've tried that like I have specifically gone out of my way to keep those things around and yeah. it's it still doesn't like it doesn't make a difference for me. And also we live in a very convenient world that I can ignore the fact that I have healthy food in my house. See, and that does make a difference too because for example, um where you are, yeah. like you said you live in a very convenient world. Um where I am, I actually live in um, a smaller town just outside of city limits so it's not too far but far enough where like a lot of places don't deliver out here okay um 
like a Grubhub or a Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, stuff like that, a lot of those places won't come out here either. And if they do, it is like pretty expensive. Um, and then like actual not fast food restaurants. We have a couple of places. We also have like an A&W, a Dare Queen, stuff like that. So there isn't really that convenience here. Right. Um, as much as like if I lived in the city, yeah, there would be more of a, a convenience there. So that kind of helps too because I'm like, well, right, I can't order DoorDash or I can't order Grubhub. So I have to actually open the fridge and I have to actually figure out what I'm going to eat. Um, and when I'm in a state of like depression or anxiety or, you know, my OCD is through the roof, it usually is like a fruit or a vegetable that I grab. Um, which I'm, again, I'm, I'm happy those are the things that I go for, but sometimes like eating a quarter of an apple is not sufficient enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I eat that like quarter of an apple and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go lay down because it's right. my first thought over anything is laying down and that's not sufficient. That's not healthy. No, that's even the depression, though, I'm eating, though. Yeah. Even though I'm eating something healthy, it is not a healthy habit and it is not healthy for me to be like two bites of an apple is going to get me through a day. Like, no. That's definitely not. Yeah. I also have, um, I have like a sugar disorder, so I'm not diabetic, um, but I have genetic hypoglycemia, which is, it's not related to diabetes, but it is a sugar disorder. Um, Hence the word genetic in front of it. That's, I guess, how doctors specify whether or not it's, um, it's related to your insulin. Um, So basically I have low blood sugar. Like that's what that means. I have low blood sugar. It's just a genetic disorder. A bunch of people in my family have it. Um, And I've spoken to nutritionists about the way I'm supposed to eat and stuff like that. But because of it, and I mean, not that it's good, but because of it, I can't go too long without eating nothing because I will physically go into a coma. Um, And I'm... I know that for a fact because I have passed out. Like I have lost consciousness from just not eating. Um, Not in many years, but if I'm like super high stressed, high strung, or like we said, like don't eat anything at all for too long. Like I've gone like two days without eating and my blood sugar has gotten so low that I just like completely lost consciousness. Um, Yeah. My mom has the same thing actually. And so she always has like oranges or like candy in her, her vehicle, just in case. Right. Because you can feel it, right? Like, you know, that you're, you know, that it's coming and like, yeah, the, the more responsible I am, i.e. the older I've gotten, um, the better I've gotten about actually taking care of it and making sure like I have something on hand if I feel it. Yeah, because it's not always just about not eating. It could be what I'm eating. Like, if all I had was a bagel or pasta or something that's going to burn up very quickly in my body, um, mm-hmm. my sh- my sugar is going to spike and then drop low again. And I get because it's not because it's not diabetes related. There's, and I'm not a doctor, so let me preface this. I'm just basically saying what my doctor has said to me if my blood sugar if my blood sugar gets too high or too low I get very sick so it's like this weird window that I have to stay in um and I haven't always been responsible about it because I am a I'm a human and I have mental health issues on top of the fact that in your 20s zero people are responsible so um it definitely it became an issue at times and I think that that's one of the reasons now that like as much as my depression will tell me like just go take a nap I'm so scared that I'm not going to wake up from from that nap and I live alone so nobody would know until somebody came looking for me you know like if I don't have my daughter right? Like if she's at her dad's house 
and whatever, like it would be a couple of days before somebody realized I shouldn't laugh. Yeah. But no, I get that because that's a huge, huge thing for my anxiety as well. Like when I lived alone, um, was like if I get so sick or my anxiety is so bad and something happens, like no one no one's gonna find me. Right. And it's such a morbid thought, but that is the reality. Like is that do I have I have plenty of friends I have plenty of family but I'm a grown woman in my 30s who lives on my own um and I think that like even for work like if I didn't show up for work it would probably be like a day before they called my emergency contact you know like it wouldn't be right away that they would call someone so, you know, cause they would be, that wouldn't be, that's not your first thought. Like people miss work for things all the time. Yeah, and even, sure. even though it's not in my character to just not call, they could be like, oh, maybe something came up and we'll hear from her later. Or two, the other thing with me is like, in that situation, a lot of people, because I'm very open about my mental health, know that I go into depressive states often right. and it, like, I never text anybody back. If anybody knows one thing about me, it's the fact that, like, it'll take me forever yeah. to text you back. That is true. Um, and so, and it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's not because I'm an asshole. It is literally, mentally, there's so much going on in my brain that I yeah, don't yeah, have you're the just capa- one of those capacity people. to remember to do it. Um, and so that's the other thing, too, because something could happen to e- either one of us, and then... Like, our friends and family could just be like, oh, she's probably just laying down. You know, she's probably just in, the, in having an episode. Like, she'll be fine tomorrow. And then right. not check up on us, right? So I get that, yeah. Right, and that's just, like, it's such a horrible thing to say, but that is the reality. So I feel like as I've gotten older and now, you know, I've lived alone for the past couple of years, like, I have gotten a lot better about it because – I will tell myself, like, I just want to lay down and do nothing. And I will lay on my couch and do nothing. But at some point, I'm going to be like, I'm going to order food because I don't feel good. And yeah, and I cannot, like, I cannot not, how do I say this? I can't be depressive and also hypoglycemic at the same time. Like, my sugar can't be dropping as I'm also like, I need to take a depression nap. And if I feel, if I feel my sugar is very low, like even my depression won't get through that because I'm like, nope, got to eat something. Even if it is a piece of candy (laughs) just to get me back up. Like, and it's like, you know, like I don't drink soda, but I usually have like soda or iced tea in the house, even though I literally drink water and coffee 90% of the time, but I always have something like some type of sugary drink in the house orange juice, soda, um, iced tea, just because of that. Like it'll just, it'll spike my sugar back up and make me feel a little bit more clear headed because Mm -hmm. I find that's the other thing is that if I'm not eating and my sugar is low, it, that will also trigger me feeling like it'll trigger a depressive episode where I'm like, nothing's necessarily wrong, but my body too many systems in my body are competing that's and that's the other big thing too like being in those states we don't realize like that there are other ongoing issues that are also competing with our depression or anxiety that we need to take take care of right and that's yeah of course a double-edged sword like it is it's it's bad it is and I think that it took me a long time to like learn that about myself Um, Yeah, for sure. You know, I would think it was one thing or the other thing. And I feel like it's only recently that I've gone like, oh, no, these things are all interconnected. Like everything in your body functions together. So if I'm if I'm not taking care of my body, it's going to create a depressive episode because my brain is not being taken care of. Of course. And, and like you said, too, um, everything in our body is intertwined. Um, I also have IBS. I'm pretty open about it as well. Um, 
And my doctor, my GI doctor, she always tells me, like, your anxiety is probably as bad as it is because of your IBS. Right. Because your stomach is having these attacks and you're having, like, all this on- these ongoing issues. Um, and your body is intertwined. It's interconnected. That affects your anxiety. Your anxiety affects your depression and vice versa. And my depression affects the way that I'm eating, which affects my IBS. Like, it's a vicious cycle, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I I think that that's like, there are are just so many things that happen within our body. And each one of them impacts the next thing. And when you have mental health issues, you know, we talk about physical health versus mental health. But like, most mental health issues are physical brain issues. They're not, you know, it's just the way we've, we've coded them as a society, but it's an actual chemical imbalance. If the chemical imbalance is insulin, nobody bats an eye. But if the chemical imbalance is serotonin, everyone's like, oh, that's that's a different problem altogether. It's not. No. And with serotonin too, like a lot of people, like you said, insulin is so, um, the wrong word for it, but in the spotlight compared to like serotonin, when a lot of people are like, no, that's just... You're just saying that. No, actually, if the right. serotonin is very low or not there, like this I, is. I a remember. Problem. I remember when I um. When when my panic disorder got really really bad, I had to go on medication for um for anxiety and panic, and I was like very turned off by it because culturally speaking, it's just not. I don't. It's just not something that we were raised to accept. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think that like our generation really like knocked down a lot of those those stigmas um, mm-hmm. because our parents were not like that. But no. I do remember like my mom's gotten a lot better about you know things like this over the years, and um, I was like very bothered by the fact that I was like I need medication to make my brain work right and it just sounds weird right like I need I need medication so that I don't have panic attacks for no reason and just to function in life and my mom was like well I need medication um so that my cholesterol doesn't kill me it's the same thing and I was like it's not though Right. And I was like, it's not though. And she's like, no, but it is. She's like, because my body is deciding that like cholesterol, like cholesterol is an enemy. Your body yeah. has decided that like serotonin is an issue. Like it, it's just the way that your body, she's like, so I have to take a pill every day because my cholesterol is bad. You have to take a pill every day because your brain is stupid. Like it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And, and that- I, I oh, just think ahead. that, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I think that like, that kind of helped me because I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like how many people, everybody, like literally everybody over a certain age takes medication every day for something. Who gives a shit what of it's course. for? Right? Like, exactly. Who gives a shit what it's and for? It's un- unfortunate too, because a lot of the time we overlook the importance of taking a medication for either depression or anxiety or OCD or PTSD or yeah. whatever. Um, we... Because the education of what these um, illnesses or disorders are weren't there. And unfortunately, a lot of us had to hit rock bottom before we realized, oh, my God, I actually have to take something for this. Like, I completely hit rock bottom. Like, it was bad. Um, And I literally had to have a nervous breakdown at work could not even be in my skin, could not even be present before I had to make that call and say, you need to take me to the doctor right now. You need to take me to the hospital right now. And that's what it took for me to realize that I had to be on medication, which is crazy because I should have realized that way before. I just didn't have the education to know, yeah, that that's what I needed. And that's just it. Like, I I tried so many other interventions. I, and I remember when I first went back to therapy, um, you know, when my marriage was falling apart, 
And I remember saying in like the first session, like, I don't want to go on medication. Like I felt the need to say that. Yeah. Like, I want to try everything else first. And my therapist respected that. Like she was really good about it, but I, I like will never forget how bad it got that she was like, I know that you said that, but like, you really need to reconsider. Like, yeah. And I remember you actually, you telling me that like, um, you respect that I, I tried medication, but it just like, wasn't for you at that time. I remember that like very clearly. Yeah. Right. Because it just wasn't like, I was like, I don't want to do it. I also had a bad experience with medication when I was a teenager because medications were different then. So you know, there was fewer of them and they were much harsher. Um, so I think that that also played a big part in how I felt. Um, but it really got to the point where I was like, I could not function. Like I could not function in my life. Oh. I was at like the very bottom and I was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll try this. I was the same way too. And like, for me, the biggest thing was I get severe, severe anxiety over side effects. Um, I actually don't take a lot of medication. If I have a headache, I kind of just don't take anything because Mm -hmm. I don't like the way that it makes my my body feel. Um, Same thing with like any, I recently, like in the last year or two, um learned that vertigo is a very big thing in my life and I had like this really bad episode where the entire room was actually spinning um it felt like I was on this ride and I was just like spinning and oh it was awful but my doctor was like you need to go on to medication ASAP and the anxiety that I had from taking that medication that I didn't know what my side effects were going to be was major Right. And that's kind of where, like, I hit rock bottom. I was like, I know I need to take this medication, but there's nothing wrong with taking medication. But I also don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. So, ha- what else can I do right. to help this situation so that I can kind of come off the medication and, and like live my life? like normally and that was where food came into play for me was eating for my mental health right like making sure that I worked out every morning so I get up at 5 30 every morning and I work out not because I'm like I need to work out to be fit yeah that's great whatever (laughs) it's it's not about that for me it's like I get up and I force myself to work out at 5 30 in the morning because if I don't and I go to work that day, you can tell that my mental health is right off the chains. So I got to work out. And then I also eat for my mental health as well, because those are the things that help me get off that medication and continue on an everyday normal-ish life, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, like, that's very important. It's important that we know how how we interact with just everything, like how food or exercise or daily conversations or every random thing impacts everything else. Like this is, this is your health, you know? And obviously, you know, people talk about, Oh, you know, like we've talked about, we've talked about like gut disorders or um, sugar disorders. And obviously those things are, directly tied to food and we know that they're directly tied to food but people talk much less often about how mental health is is directly tied to food like oh for sure it really is but it's because it's not a food-based disorder it's not diabetes it's not ibs it's not um crohn's or you know one of these things cholesterol that is directly tied to the food that we eat Mm -hmm. meanwhile like I saw a nutritionist for a while and I remember her saying like literally everything you do is tied to the food that you eat. Like, and she said, she's like, there's that old cliche, right? You are what you eat. There's a reason that it's cliche. She's like, there's an absolute reason that it's cliche. It's because the things that you eat 
absolutely impact every system of your body from your brain to your toes. Oh, exactly. And we don't realize it. um, But I think going like going back to to anxiety, I always tell everyone it's a blessing and a curse. Um, And for me, like that blessing comes from is that now I can actually look at what I'm eating in a day or I can look at what I'm doing in a day and I could be like um I now know I got to eat for my mental health I now know I got to work out for my mental health right whereas before I didn't I didn't care right I just was like whatever eat don't eat yeah you want like yeah right and I think that that's like it, it all, it really all plays into each other. You know, everything, mm-hmm. everything plays into each other. And the fact that like what we eat, how we eat, the way we go about it, like everything is both impacted by our mental health, but also impacts on it. Like it's, it's a cycle, like you said before. Definitely. So it's like, if my mental health is really bad and I'm eating horrible food, my mental health is going to stay bad because my depression is telling me to eat horrible things. So I'm eating horrible things and they're impacting my body the way that horrible food does, you know? Definitely. And I know there's the whole, like, I, I really like to do this, especially cause I have a daughter. I don't like to do the whole good food, bad food thing, but yeah, there, there are things that you like seriously need to take in moderation, you know? And high fat foods, processed foods, fried foods. Listen, I love fried chicken. Who doesn't love fried chicken? Everybody does. It's... But it's fried. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, fried. You gotta take it in moderation whereas like, yes, enjoy the foods you love because especially for us, like that's what makes our heart happy. Of but course. We're also not, like yeah, we're gonna post a video of like this big ass fried chicken sandwich that was like so good, blah, 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 blah. But also realize that we don't eat like that every day because Hello. you got to take it in moderation, right? Like you have to have a, a good balance between the things that are good for you and the things that make your heart happy. Right. Like there is, it's, it's like a teeter totter, like that little park. This is actually a really great conversation that we're having. And this is why I said that it's going to have to be more than one part because I think that we're actually at a time. Uh, But it was so great having everyone at a table. And we hope that you'll join us next week and every Thursday for new episodes. You can now listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thespiced underscore girls for plenty of delicious content. Until next time, eat well. And laugh often.